I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hello friends and welcome to part two of the end of season one Q&A session. I'm Hero, creator and writer of Monstrous Agonies, and I was joined for the Q&A by Sophie B, who played the understudy back in episode 34. We'll pick up right where we left off in part one, and once again, please forgive any lapses in sound quality as we were recording in my living room in a house made of cardboard. So, Treb is here once more. Hello again, Treb. And Treb would like to know... Because it's been so much fun hearing all of the variety of voices and accents you've done so far. Some I know you believe with better uh, results than (laughs) others, but we won't go into that. But um, Treb, she asks, um, I wondered if there are sounds or styles or parts of the world that you either can't wait to do or recoil from doing. Mm. We had a conversation literally about this yesterday. Yes, I'm not going to do a racist bloody accent. That wasn't the conversation I was thinking. Oh, was it not that conversation? <laughs> well, it wasn't. It wasn't that Sophie was trying to egg me on. <laughs> or anything. Yes, no. Um, <laughs> but like, I, yeah, there are some accents that, as a white person and especially as an English person, it, I, and as as somebody who is completely untrained, I would not be doing a a actually accurate Pakistani accent. No. It would only be racist. Yes. So there are definitely some that I'm like categorically not whereas doing a bad swedish accent uh, yeah you're like you're not you're not you're not if it's bad 
you aren't heaping on top of generations of of trauma and and disparage dis disparagingness. Yeah. We're dis- gonna get a lot of Swedes in the inbox being like, "How <laughs> Swedes in the inbox?" You? Well, you got a funny accent. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, whereas uh, there are like so. Um, there is a letter that has been submitted that I am extremely excited about because it's so cute and I love it. And it will require, it really does require me doing an accent that I shied away from. Last Which is the season. conversation we were having yesterday. Yeah. We talked a lot yesterday. I can't be expected to remember everything I... But I can, which is why I'm the one asking the questions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's... Um, and I also... Uh, I Well, it would be... Well, it would be very silly for anyone to be listening to this who hasn't listened to the season finale. Yes. <laughs> right? Um, but there's... Uh, I did a West Country accent in the second letter. Very well, I think. Thank you. Because I had almost done one. A lot. I had got partway through a letter while I was recording and realised I was doing a West Country accent and realised I didn't actually know how to do, how to do a West Country, a West Country accent. Yeah. And I should probably stop um, and changed it. And and I think, well, obviously you're more aware of things when it's you, but I think there's only about five accents in Monstrous <laughs> 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 you know. Um But it was, yeah, I would like to do more, but it's about finding the balance between like like the american one was fun because you could kind of lampshade it yes and be like okay this is very very clearly an english person doing an american doing an american accent um and and you can kind of make a bit of fun of that um there was another take of that letter which has been lost to time and audacity crashes and audacity crashes which was uh, affectionately known as the yeehaw cut <laughs> because i went through it the whole i went all the way through that letter doing your yeehaw american accent <laughs> to kind of basically get it out of my system yeah that makes yeah no completely like people who you know do a lot of swear words before they yeah, go on air exactly in order to not do swear words exactly on air. so i got the yeehaw cut out of my system um to be able to do one that is a little bit yeehaw, but not... It's, not, it's, not as yeehaw as yeah. I think it's very funny that throughout this whole Q&A and throughout the entire time I've known you doing Monsters mm-hmm. Agonies, your whole ethic has been, I don't want to have to work very hard, <laughs> but then you trapped yourself in a format that required you to do <laughs> different, distinct accents week upon week. Yeah. So that's Well, like I say, so there's, there's unpleasant posh, mm-hmm. nice posh, mm-hmm. uh... Nice northern, stupid northern, yeah. which I'm allowed to do. No, like southerners aren't allowed to do stupid northern yeah, voices. But northerners are. But northerners are. Um, and there's sort of cheerful youngin, and and oh, sweet old lady. Those are the. That's it. That's it. Those are the voices of monstrous agonies. <laughs> and now West Country. And now West Country. <laughs> but no more. But no more. So we've talked a little bit there about what you don't like having to do in terms of accents and what you like to avoid doing and all Any that sort of work. thing. Um, but there's an anonymous question asker who would like to know what's been the best part so far of making a podcast? Well, to be an asshole about it, it's the fans, it's the <laughs> listeners. But no, it genuinely, the response of people has been... Because I was like, oh, I'm just going to do this and put it out and we'll see if anybody likes it. And then people were like, yeah, 
I like it, it's good. You know, and that's lovely. But then we got actually genuinely one, like, I can pinpoint a listener who wrote a Tumblr post that might be my favourite thing. Um, and it was Cheerios and Wine. And they posted, I, I think that their pronouns are they. So I'm gunning for that. Um, and they wrote, it was about the one, the uh, the bug who goes through like metamorphosis mm-hmm. and is getting married and is like, should I wait? Or like, isn't it going to be weird having all of my wedding photos not looking like me? Or, you know, and also what if my girlfriend doesn't fancy me anymore? Um, and she and mine wrote this gorgeous post that was just like, oh, this really spoke to me as somebody who's starting to go through physical transition and it just, you know, change is good, actually, that we should change and that we, we can change and we should change and it is right and something to celebrate and what a lovely metaphor that is for, for the trans experience. And I was like, I love you! <laughs> you are my favourite person! <laughs> um, and even, you know, the ones that haven't posted something as big and personal as that, that's gorgeous. Um, but just people being like, this is my new favourite podcast. This is really great. Like, it's not a massive podcast. There aren't thousands and thousands and thousands of listeners. Um, but the people who listen seem to really like it. And that's just an extremely cool thing. Yeah, I think that's the thing, sort of having a handful of really enthusiastic Mm -hmm. vocal fans Mm -hmm. is almost better, really, than having sort of legions of like, yeah, I watch this. This is a Marvel television show that I will consume. (laughs) Rather than like, I actually genuinely love this thing. Also just because you brought it up, I think your answer to that, the the Kafka bug question, mm. is one of my favourite ones you've written. Like, I just think it was so beautiful. That um, was that was one of those where it was like, I just would like someone to tell me this. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think that I think that's why kind of. And again, I don't necessarily think you have to like mm. have gone through something in order to write beautifully about mm. it, but I do think that it kind of really came through in the writing of that one that you knew what you were talking about from a yeah. very personal perspective. Right, right. And, like, I didn't have on my spreadsheet trans bug, right? <laughs> but, like, some of the letters are more metaphorical than others. Mm-hmm. And in those cases, it's important to me to... Well, it's important in all of them, actually, to answer them as if they are real questions, genuinely. Mm-hmm. But especially those ones where you're like, no, this genuinely, like, trans people need to hear that change is good, and and whether that's a physical transition or a social transition or a bit of both or a bit of neither or whatever, like it's good that we are different than we were. That's a good thing, actually. Um, and that's an important thing, I think, for everybody to hear. But I think it has special resonance for trans people. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, but yeah, like to be just the most typical <laughs> artiste. Oh, well, obviously it's the fans, you know. <laughs> The best thing about this is the fans. Um, and also, I tell you what, purely selfishly, one of the best things about it is that um, I don't have to ask anybody else what they think <laughs> before I do something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm your own boss. I am my own boss, and that is awful, because I'm a terrible employee. I am a nightmare. <laughs> I keep stealing my own pens. It's just force of habit. I'm just like loading up my pockets with my own stationery, and it's like, this is your house, you live here. And I'm like, yeah, but, you know... Yeah. Stick it to the man. Exactly. I'm the man. You're the man. I'm the man. You're sticking it to yourself. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Every chance I get. Right. So this anonymous question asker would like to know if you have a favourite flavour of ice cream. I do. Mint chocolate chip. It's the best. It is the best. It is 
just it's just the perfect ice cream. That's it. I have a tiered list of ice cream flavors. I used to live up on the coast, uh, the north, the Northern Irish coast, and um, it was about half an hour's walk away from a uh, beautiful little seaside village. Um, what town? Oh, small town. Nobody cares. <laughs> you could say it was very close to a volcano and most of them like, yes, yes, of course. Yeah, but the people who know would know. Yeah. Um, and I would walk into town and get an ice cream at every possible opportunity um, from, uh, if you're ever in Northern Ireland, Maud's ice cream is the best. And sometimes they'd run out of mint chocolate chips, so I had to have like a list of what I would get if I couldn't get mint chocolate In the chip. disastrous event that mint chocolate <sighs> chip was unavailable. It was always a little tragic because you'd come all that way. But you also probably had one yesterday. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, chocolate oranges up there, coconut, classic chocolate. Coconut is... We don't get pistachio ice cream in the UK very easily. Yeah, see, I was going to say, so nobody asked me my opinion on no, this. No, they That's do. Not, no, they asked the understudies' <laughs> favourite ice cream, which we're going to get to in a second, so don't, don't yeah. rush ahead here. Well, what's your favourite ice cream flavour, Sophie? Oh, thanks for asking. Um, mine is actually pistachio, but properly, so where yeah, I'm but from... you're posh. No, no, it's No, not... you're posh, so you've had access to pistachio ice cream <laughs> that no... No, that is is abnormal. You've had an abnormal level of access to pistachio ice cream for somebody who grew up in the UK. So I live in Newcastle in the north of England, and there is an Italian ice cream place that has branches both in Whitley Bay mm. and the Ouseburn, which is quite close to where we I should write to them. We should say it more. Yeah, exactly. We're giving them free publicity. But if you're ever in Newcastle and you want some ice cream, De Mayo's it's called, and their pistachio is proper Italian gelato, and it is so good you know it's good because the green color is quite unappealing yeah that's true that's, <laughs> that's how you tell it's good pistachio good flavor. pistachio stuff good pistachios ugly revolting. green um so the follow-up question which you tried to barrel on ahead to um what are the presenter and the understudies favorite flavors of ice cream and i feel mm. like i should let you answer both of these because even though i voiced the understudy you are the de facto creator of both of those characters yes de facto actual not, not de facto. I, I am just the creator. I feel like I helped. <laughs> you certainly ad-libbed a lot, didn't you? <laughs> that was great. What a nice surprise that was yeah, to transcript. find my transcript Perfect. in smithereens. Uh, I think that the understudy, ooh, probably is like, likes, likes those, like, the, the ice cream flavours that you didn't think existed because you grew up in the UK in the 90s? See, I was going to say London Fog, which is an American ice cream yeah. flavour that is, um, I believe it's a blend of vanilla and Earl Grey. Uh-huh. And it sounds it sounds like a monstrous agonies thing that it got does. made up. My favourite flavour of ice cream... Oh, yes, it's definitely London Flog. Flog? flog. <laughs> it's, it's definitely okay. London Fog. You can taste yeah. the, the bitterness in the air and the cold morning as right. it rolls in from the docks. Are you, are you saying the presenter or the understudy? Understudy. The understudy, yeah. Because I think the understudy likes made-up ice cream. Yeah. I think the presenter, it's like even odds whether they like have had ice cream. Yeah. Do you know? Or a mouth. Or a mouth. I mean, there is that. Um, I think they like the concept of ice cream. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of flavour... I just can't, like, the pres- I'm just pic- picturing, I don't even have a clear picture of the presenter. May I posit but, something? Yeah. I think the presenter 
doesn't like ice cream. Uh-huh. And I think that's what... Because I think saying you don't like ice cream is one of those things where <laughs> everyone around you goes... You don't like right. ice cream. And that can be the weirdest thing about the presenter. In the yeah. monster, it doesn't matter what kind of monster the presenter yeah. is. It doesn't matter how they present. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. what what their physical form looks like. Yeah. The thing that everyone will talk about behind their back is... The fact they, they don't, they don't like, like ice, ice cream. cream. They don't like ice cream. Yeah, I love that. I yeah. think not liking ice cream is the last great shame of humanity. <laughs> sure. It's the thing that no one wants sure. to admit. Yeah, um, I'm just imagining... The presenter and the fairy queen and their different ice cream orders. Oh, yeah. Do you know, the fairy queen is getting like a full, full Sunday with like mm. sparklers in yes. and like glitter sprinkles. That the staff of the shop, when they bring it over to you, sing a little song yes, and do a little exactly. clap. And is basking and the presenter has a black coffee. A black coffee, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, the ideal relationship. <laughs> is it? Well, we'll find out, presumably. Okay, so now we're kind of moving into just what I like to call general. General. These misc. are gen- misc. miscellaneous misc. questions. These are questions that fell down the back of the filing cabinet and Love we it. fished them out uh-huh. and we're just going to go for them. Love it. Radical, reliable, randomness, the triple R. Mm-hmm. Um, triple threat. Uh, I don't know what that is. Uh, you don't know what triple threat means? No. Should I'm, I? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, is it something to do with oh, if this no, is wrong? No, please ask. Is it? If it's not, it's going to be very silly. Is it something to do with like musical theatre? Do you know what? Yes. It is. Yes. And the reason why you don't know that is because you refuse to associate with theatre kids, despite the yes. fact that you now do a podcast, which I feel like is a very theatre kid activity. Yeah, but I do it quietly on my own in my wardrobe where nobody can see and usually in the middle of the night. Yeah. So Triple R, the triple threat, asks, how are you? And also, how's that new chair treating you? Radical, reliable, randomness. You have... Uh, Radical Reliable Randomness, I think, is the person who made fun of me for being scared of Skyrim on Tumblr. Would you like to just very quickly delve into why you're scared of Skyrim? <laughs> because there's things in it. Because there's things in it. <laughs> they try and kill you. Todd Howard put things in Skyrim and now you're very frightened. I'm very frightened. They jump at you and they attack you all the time. Mm-hmm. And I am just a beautiful orc twink trying to make his way in the universe. And... I don't appreciate it. What I want to do in Skyrim is pick flowers and eat butterflies and um, maybe breed the lusty Argonian maid and just hang out. But they keep sending me into caves full of things that want to kill me. It's the man who secretly lives in my ceiling. Um, there's things in Skyrim that want to kill me. No, we're com- no, no. I'm, I'm drawing you back to the question now. So that was a nice little detour into Skyrim and your fears of it. But, um, what we want to know, really, oh, the yes. question oh, on everyone's minds. How's my new chair? How's the chair? Well, listen to this. Do you hear that? You can't see what I'm seeing, dear <laughs> listener. But Hero is just spinning around <laughs> on the new chair. If you hear... Anything, it's their knees bashing into the table we're recording on. (laughs) But But the the, chair itself? The chair itself, whisper silent. And that was not the case for almost the entire season. I was recording on a creaky uh, dining room chair. I have a creaky dining room chair. It's not the same one, but it's this. Great audio experience. Yeah, we're really delving into very niche ASMR territory. (laughs) But I would, I, I, I couldn't, 
move at all while I was recording. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't wave my hands. I couldn't shift my body weight. Yeah, which I think for both both you and me, because I obviously recorded one one mm. episode, mm-hmm. um, and I think both you and I are quite um, gestury talkers. We're physical. Yes, a lot of movement comes into the things that we say and do. I am actively having to keep myself very still mm. right now. I've chosen to put my yeah. elbow on the table, and if I move it, sound will happen so yeah. i have to stay very yeah, still yeah i saw your other i yeah. thought oh that's a choice yeah <laughs> meanwhile i'm sitting on my chair which is a, it's a, a stand a sit stand stool mm-hmm. so i can change it and i can lean against it if i want to and it's got a wobbly top so i can wiggle to you my heart's wiggle. content which is which extremely is important because i am a wiggler so i would say in the to the answer of how are you you're Ecstatic. very happy you're very happy because you have a wiggly chair i do that doesn't make any sound unlike the person moving around in my house <laughs> right now Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So obviously you talked about playing a twink in Skyrim, a mm-hmm. twinky orc. A twinky orc. As twinky as they'll let me be. Yeah, which isn't very twinky. Twink oppression. Yeah. To be More honest. twinks in Skyrim. Todd Howard release a new Skyrim. <laughs> it's 2021. We've waited long enough. Todd. <laughs> Blib asks... Hi, Blib. Hi, Blib. Who, in your opinion, is the hottest 90s point-and-click mm-hmm. game protagonist? It's not a matter of opinion. Guybrush Threepwood is one of the sexiest video game protagonists in anything. Mm -hmm. So obviously he is the protagonist of the best 90s point-and-click adventures. Which is? Monkey Island. The Monkey Island series. Um, It is Guybrush Threepwood, obviously. And I say this with some hesitation, because of course there were the Indiana Jones point-and-click adventures. And like, Indiana Jones is objectively hotter than Guybrush Threepwood. But was he hot as a point he and click video game protagonist. He was not hot as a point and click video game protagonist. Or no more than than could be demanded of somebody doing an impression of uh, Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones. Because obviously Harrison Ford did not return <laughs> to lend his voice to these video games. No. Uh, but also he's not primarily a video game protagonist, is he? You know? No, he's not. So it would be... Yeah, it would definitely be um, Guybrush Threepwood. It's quite a, well, it's not nineties, but it's by um, a, in Broken Age. There's like a fox wolf, a fox wolf, a fox wolf. He's like an evil fox wolf who lives on a. And he's not a protagonist though, because the protagonists are both children mm-hmm. and just doing their video game thing. There is also a very, um, very large burly lumberjack in Broken Age, um, which is great. Big fan of him. 
Um, I love that you decided to make a very niche podcast and now mm. you're making incredibly niche podcast Q&A content. <laughs> yeah. 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 I make the art I want to see in the world. You do. I really you do. do. And no one can stop me because I've got a microphone and I'm going to make that everyone else's you problem. Are. See, I would have said, but it's not point and click. Well, then it doesn't count. <sighs> Sorry. Well, who's the hottest video game character is a completely different question. Well, yeah, absolutely. Right. Who are you going to say? Oh, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, because this is where I reveal that like I'm just a casual in terms of video game consumption and that the only video game I've ever played through to completion is Kingdom Hearts. Amazing. And that's because I'm a slave to the mouse. Well, I'm not really. I don't care for that show-stealing glory hog. Sure, sure. I'm all about Donald Duck. Of Donald Duck's my answer. Donald, Donald Duck, Duck. Kingdom Hearts. Surely Donald Duck was in a point-and-click adventure at some point in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Moving on. Moving swiftly on. I had a thought there, though. About video game protagonists. Ooh, I thought it was something. Oh, hang on, no, I have a question that I'm just going to throw in now. Wildcard. Just to kind of, like, just bring just bring that back a little bit, because it was a good question. Um, If Monstrous Agonies was a video game, what kind of video game would it be? And this question comes from Sophie B, sitting at this table right Amazing. now. They're my favourite. Um... Uh, well, I mean, my, my heart says point-and-click adventure because they are my favourites. Mm-hmm. Um, I love point-and-click. Um, I feel like... <laughs> do you know what it would be? What would, do you it know be? what it would be? What would it be? Tell me. It would be an 80s text adventure. My I was... second favourite genre yeah. of video game. Mm-hmm. And I that was my thought that I had that wandered off earlier. Um, that the hottest protagonist in a video game is uh, me playing... <laughs> The um, 80s text adventure. Incredible, yes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, probably an 80s text adventure where you're like, go north, go north, go north, you've been eaten by a group. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just like, well, we could have made a whole video game, but actually we just we just put these things here and now all of the work is on you to fill in the gaps. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Speaking of adaptations of your wonderful Aye. work, this is about adaptations of someone else's wonderful work. Lovely. An anonymous question asker would like to know if you could recast any current movie, current, keep that in mind, mm. with a full Muppet cast save for one actor, mm. which movie do you remake and what actor do you keep? I don't know any current movies. Yeah, you don't, which is, <laughs> which is why I specified current there, because Hero has an aversion to movies. I don't like them. They're the worst way to be told They're all story. five hours long, They're apparently. all five hours long, and I don't like to... They're, they're too long. They're too loud. Americans mumble. They mumble, and they go on for too long, and the music's too loud, and, and nothing makes sense, and you never know who anybody is, and, and they're just... I uh, don't like films, generally. Um, so I don't usually watch them i think what was the most recent film i watched i have no idea bartok the magnificent bartok the magnificent is the only good film maybe um but that wouldn't really work for this question would it no you can't replace any of them with muppets because they're perfect as they are and their design is gorgeous and Mm -hmm. and uh, the animation is is impeccable yeah well i mean we're we are actually genuinely i believe overdue a Muppet's Pride and Prejudice. So are you talking about you'd want to cast a new one or would you want to take one of the previous adaptations? One of which was, by the way, infamously, several hours long. Which yeah. Is what you yeah, but it was a TV show. Okay, so it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah. You can okay. sit Sorry. for six Apologies. hours watching yes. a TV. Yeah. Of course. Of course. <sighs> 
Well, the problem with that one is that you couldn't take either. I've forgotten your woman's name, but but they are both so beautiful and perfect that you can't possibly take them out. One of them out and leave the other in. Exactly. Yes, I understand. Um, I think North and South would be fun mm-hmm. um, if if. Uh, Miss Piggy was throwing herself at a stern northern capitalist Richard Armitage. <laughs> Which she would do anyway. Which she, she would do even, anyway. She wouldn't even have to be no, in the movie. Exactly. She'd just do it. She would just do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know any new movies. Uh, I'm trying to think of movies that my partner watches because he likes films. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there are only two that I know he's really, really liked lately. Yeah. And they are Parasite and The Lighthouse. <laughs> either of those as well. With a Muppet cast. Incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. For my money, I would do Knives Out. Oh, yeah. And just leave Daniel Craig there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I've saved this question. There are two questions left in this Q&A. I can see them and my eyes eyes just did that thing that cats do when they see the toy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I... Apologise to everybody else <laughs> that I'm about to ask Hero this question. Um, Treb would like to know if she can ask about Lord Peter Whimsey and Liminal Britain. You know you can, Trev. You know you can. So we what just... I'm going to do is I'm going to leave the room for a little while and just let Hero <laughs> info dump about both of these things because um, that's okay. about what's about to happen. It is because if you don't know who Lord Peter Whimsey is... Um, he's the protagonist, he's the eponymous hero in a series of Golden Age detective novels by Dorothy L. Sayers. And he is uh, an aristocrat who is an amateur sleuth and he goes digging around solving crimes, solving murders. He is also the perfect man, perfect boy, perfect, perfect sweet. He's never sweet. done anything he's wrong in his entire life. life. And if you think he has, you're wrong. wrong. Well, no, he's, 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 uh, so weird and great and I love him and I have been a fan of Lord Peter Whimsey since oh I mean weeks weeks I think plural weeks is maybe even stretching it a little bit I think it's been about 10 days it's been about 10 days and I've read about as many books actually well no not quite from where we're sitting recording this I can see at least four four Maybe five. There's four whimsies. There's five whimsies in the room. This microphone is propped up by a whimsy book. Oh, that's true. Actually, this microphone is propped up by several whimsy <laughs> books. So more, maybe closer to ten whimsy books are in our presence right yeah. now. Uh, yeah, they're, they're great. And the question about Lord Peter Whimsy and Liminal Britain is fascinating. Because I think, I haven't really thought about it because I haven't really had like headspace because it's not been very long. Mm-hmm. I think there is, there's something inherently liminal about the interwar period. The fact that we call it the interwar period. period, right? Which we can only do like from a retrospective exactly. p- like point of view. Like we can't people in the interwar period when like, oh we're in the interwar period. Right, it's right. like this thing we assign it after mm-hmm. the fact. Exactly, which is fascinating. And all of your interpretation of media from that time comes from your knowledge that World War Two is going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Like they just come out of this period of complete mm-hmm. uncertainty and horribleness, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh no, you're hurtling headfirst towards right. another one. But there's also like that that period of uncertainty is carried over into the 1920s, and you have a lot of social structures changing dramatically, and you have ideas about gender and sex changing, right? Really, yeah, in really interesting ways. And people's relationships with the generation before them is really fundamentally different. Um, and I think that that's baller. 
And um, I think that like there's a lot of cool stuff in that. I think the idea of of liminal Britain and you know the creature community as a way of exploring that at all. Like I mean, oh, it's just wizard, isn't it? It's just, it's just wizard. wizard. <laughs> it is. It is. It's just very cool. And I think you know, murder is cool. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Uh, but, like, yeah, I mean, a, um, a 20s creature murder mystery would, would be, be wizard. Would be wizard. <laughs> so watch wizard. this wizardy space. Yeah. But, no, I also think it's interesting because I think there's something about writing about or creating sort of a murder mystery in which you are then creating your own like liminal pocket space because Mm. for all of the people involved in that thing that's kind of the only thing when you read a detective story like you know yes whimsy might be going off and doing a couple of other things but they're all in service to this Mm -hmm. one thing the way the narrative is constructed is it's Mm -hmm. like oh it's all in this little pocket universe where the crime begins and then the case ends, and that's kind of where right. where it all happens. That's where we exist in this space. Mm. Yeah. So what if you put, like, vampires in it? What if there were also vampires in what this space? What if there were also vampires? Right. Or any other number yeah. of creatures? Any other number of creatures. Uh, also, everyone should go and read the Lord Peter Wimsey. Yes, books. please read Lord Peter Wimsey. So that I have someone to talk to about it that isn't Several Sophie. someones, yes. Several. I want more. I more want someones. More someones. So we've got one last question, which I purposely saved to the end, just because I think <gasps> it's a professional. I am a professional. I know how to structure an interview. Yeah, supposedly, still not paying you. No, that's. <laughs> I knew that before I came in here, so it's fine. <laughs> so once again, our pal Treb, Treb, Treb uh, who has asked, I think, the perfect question to end on, mm. which she would like to know if you would care to tease any sort of info for how or if we're going to learn anything more about the brilliantly mysterious wider arc for Ooh. our presenter. What's uh, in store for what's the presenter? In store? I love this question because it, it is written from a world in which I I plan so far I was, ahead. It's written in incredibly good faith <laughs> that you went into this with a big long plan in mind. Yeah, and didn't just get partway through panic look at what I'd had before and go, I can make a story out of that. There's Oh, there's that guy who like, wrote in about like therapists. I know. Mm-hmm. Let's riff on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I do have some plans. I've got some plots and plans. There are some things that were mentioned in the first season that are definitely coming back. Yeah, I was going to say, if you can tease anything, it's to say that everything that is going to come... Mm has already been mentioned mentioned yeah at least once yes um and and well i don't think that they're very hard to spot no I there think... are certain things that have happened this season yeah that you might listen to and think seems like there should be consequences for that <laughs> and rest assured consequences are coming there i yeah there will be more of the presenters sort of personal relationships it's very funny to me that you, that like I think of her as Mab absolutely like yeah. the, the fairy queen. I have her written as Mab. Mab is her name on everything that I write her as, and I have never ever used never that. used it. never used that. So I'm like Mab's Mab's gonna happen. Mab's gonna happen. Mab's gonna happen. Um, yeah, she is. I love her so much. I just I, like I know that she's like not. She just lives in my head, mm-hmm. but she might not for long. 
She might, she might come out and she say hi. She might come out and say hi. That would be cool. That would be it? cool, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be good? Gonna, if that was going to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> going to make a note of that. But things are afoot. They are. When is a game not a game? When it's a foot. When it's a jar. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I think we've got silly. So I we think should we probably... have got silly. So we should probably wrap up. Um, so I'm just going to quickly ask, which I don't actually know if I know the answer to, and I don't know if you know the answer to. Let's <laughs> find out. You? How long do people have to wait before they get to hear the presenter's sultry potter tones in their ears again? I am not 100% sure. That's be fine. Um, because. It depends. Obviously, it, it, I need to write it. It's early July now, and I think we will probably be back at the start of September. I would be surprised if it's much later than that. Mm-hmm. It might be a little earlier yeah. if I get my act together. But I very rarely do. <laughs> my act is very rarely together. Exactly. But um, if people want to know, you'll be posting about it on the Tumblr. I will, at Monstrous Agonies, and on the Twitter which is at monstrous underscore pod. And I will also be posting about it on Patreon, where you can support us financially and give me your money. Uh, and that's www.patreon.com slash monstrous agonies. Excellent. Yes. Also, uh, the inbox will be remaining open for the duration of the break if you want to submit your letters and suggestions for season two. Send them in by email at monstrousagonies at submission.monstrousagonies. I'm so sorry. <laughs> You've just got into that rote. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Do you know what's funny is I, re- I, I re-recorded that sign-off every week. Every week. That's not funny. That's just you. Once again, you're like, I hate working hard. I hate having to do work. You're like, I'm going to do the most. I didn't have to. You didn't have to, but you did. I didn't have to, uh, but I did. Um, I'm actually going to ask you one last question to wrap up the whole thing, which I hope you can have a nice punchy answer for, and it'll make a really wonderful end to the the Q&A. What would be your advice for someone who's sitting out there thinking, I've got an idea for a queer horror podcast. What should I do? Make it. Make it. It's easy. They can't stop you. <laughs> no one can stop no you. No one can stop you making the podcast of your dreams. Or your nightmares. <laughs> and that's that's it. Perfect. <laughs> that's absolutely it. Cool. Thanks again to Sophie B for asking the questions and having the crack. And a very special thank you to our lovely volunteer, Rachel, who produced the transcript. Hello to our latest supporter on Patreon, Pip. Join them at patreon.com slash monstrousagonies. You can keep in touch and get the latest news about bonus content by following us on Tumblr at monstrousagonies and on Twitter at monstrous underscore pod. You can also submit letters and prompts for agonies through our social media, on our website and by email. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. The theme tune is Dakota by Unheard Music Concepts. Thanks for listening, and remember, the real monsters are the friends we made on the way. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.